0: Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. How many of you are ready for an, another opportunity to encounter Jesus this morning? Awesome. Listen, I've been to uh, I've been to retreats before. I've led them, and and I know the morning sessions can be difficult. You know, the the hype of last night could could be subsided and. Lots of you didn't sleep as much as you probably should have, so this morning can seem a little slower. Listen, I pray that if we can lean in, listen, God's got something special for you this morning. So let's pray real quick as we, as we launch in. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for being here before we even step foot into this room. God, your presence is here, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so, God, we pray that freedom is possible for people this morning. We love you and praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. How many of you would be honest and say that at some point in your life you have experienced some pain? You have experienced some pain, maybe maybe a broken bone, maybe an illness, maybe a, a broken friendship, maybe some issues with your family. A lot of us have experienced pain in our life. My children, I, I talk about them all the time because they are my life, but they experienced all kinds of pain every single day. A lot of it is emotional pain. Last night, my son Brady decided that he did not want to sleep on the bed that he was supposed to sleep on. And so he cried himself a very deep cry. Like it was, it, he had some emotional pain. Olivia. She, she's reckless, like she just doesn't care about herself. And so she will launch herself and, and she will hurt herself often and she will feel some pain, right? We all feel pain. Sometimes my kids deserve the pain that they feel from the good old hand of discipline, right? But listen, it's all good, it happens. I'm a parent, you can't judge me, it's fine. But other times stuff just happens, right? Pain happens. And when we experience pain, it's not fun, it sucks. It's it we hate it. We don't we don't want to go through it. We can't escape it in fact. In John 16, Jesus himself says, "In this world you will have trouble." Awesome. Thanks Jesus. Like that's some great news this morning, right? Like you will have trouble. Life will not always be good, right? But what do we do when we feel pain? How do we respond when life happens to us. Some people may yell, get angry. They might scream, throw things, cry. Some might isolate themselves. Sometimes life stinks. Sometimes life isn't good. Sometimes it's just straight up awful. But what if I told you that we need to be thankful for those times? What if I were to tell you this morning that we should be grateful for those times. During the Thanksgiving season, does anybody have parents, friends, family that you all get in a circle and you go around and tell things that you're thankful for, right? A lot of us, right? And I'm sure the key things are, you know, I'm thankful for my friends, my family, my church, God. Uh, not many people will say, hey, I'm thankful for the pain that I'm experiencing. Hey, I'm, I'm thankful that, that my life is broken. I'm, I'm thankful that my life is in the way that it's going right now. None of us would say that why would be why would we be grateful for that this morning what i want to talk to you about is being thankful for the setbacks being thankful for the setbacks you might say tyler what is a setback if you're taking notes you can write this down a setback it can be anything either about ourselves or that happens in our lives that we believe has slowed us down stopped us or gotten in the way get this of where we think we should be. A setback can be anything either about ourselves or that happens in our lives that we believe has slowed us down, stopped us, or gotten in the way of where we think we should be. Now, some of you may have a, a trouble understanding that, so let me break this down in ways that I know you would definitely understand. Let's say you're playing the greatest game of all time, Mario Kart. Let, right? It, it, there, there is no other game that stands anywhere close To Mario Kart, I don't care if you're a PS4. I don't don't care what you think. Mario Kart is the winner. And Donkey Kong is the best character next to Yoshi. Okay, like, Donkey Kong's, anyway. But let's let's say you're playing Mario Kart, right? You're killing it, right? You're number one. You're on Rainbow Road and you're crushing it. And if you're crushing it on Rainbow Road, life is good for you, right? But you're cruising and all of a sudden... You see a little notification on the bottom of your screen, and it's a red little turtle shell, and you're like, oh, snap, because you know there's a big one in the, in the left-hand corner. That means you're in first place, right? And then you get, you get hit with a red turtle shell, and you do that little awkward spin, right? And then freaking princess comes right by and pl- passes you, right? And you're like, what the heck, princess, right? Maybe I'm the only one that gets angry at that. Maybe then you, you throw your controller down in disgust because you lost a princess, right? maybe maybe your setback is something like this Now, that, that's a setback, right? Like that, <laughs> I, I would stop playing. I would just give up. I would just, you know, hide, hide away if that were to happen to me, right? That's, that's not good times. But in all seriousness, our perspective needs to shift when it comes to the setbacks in our lives. So here's what I want to do. I want to quickly highlight three stories in the Bible that will help change the way that you see the setbacks of your life. Are you all Ready? Woo-hoo. No one is ready. Shiloh and one other person. All right. Jesus, help us. Okay. The first story I want to highlight is a, a story about a woman named Esther. Everybody say Esther. Esther. Thank you. Esther was Esther was a Jewish woman, and she was living under the oppression of the Persian Empire. So I'm just going to briefly highlight her story. She miraculously became queen, but she never disclosed to the king, remember, Persian Empire, she never disclosed to the king that she was a Jewish Woman, right? She found out that a man named Haman wanted to kill all of the Jewish people, and he had the king sign an order to make that happen. So her life was at risk, but also the lives of those that she loved, right? Her friends and her family were all Jewish. So this, this was a pretty big setback for her. She didn't, she didn't prepare for this, but she had to do something. Remember, Jewish in the Persian um, Empire... They wanted all the Jews dead. So she had a pretty big setback. She would have to risk her life by going before the king, revealing that she is a Jew and asking him to save her people. Esther literally went from living this amazing life of a queen to now risking her life before the king. But she received some amazing perspective from her cousin Mordecai. And you can see this on the screen in Esther 4.14. It says this, Mordecai talking to Esther Esther, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. In other words, maybe this is the very reason, Esther, that you became queen. Maybe this Maybe this setback, this thing that is hard to comprehend, this thing that is hard to understand, maybe this very thing was meant to save your people. Let me say it another way. Your setback saved your people. Your setback saved your people. So what can we learn from this? Maybe your setback, the pain that you're going through, the brokenness that you're experiencing, Maybe your setback will result in the salvation of those around you. Listen, you you won't understand it now because what you're going through is hard. What you're going through is tough. But I'm telling you, there's an opportunity that the setback that you're facing has the ability to bring salvation to someone around you. Because of your setback, because of what happened in your life, because of your pain, You can help change a life. Someone may feel less alone because you can boldly talk about your setback and realize that they aren't the only one that's going through it. They can realize, oh, someone else knows what I'm going through. Someone else shares my pain. Someone else can identify with what I'm going through. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. We can be thankful for our setbacks because it can be the very thing that God uses in our lives to make a difference someone else. God can use those very things to make a difference in the life of someone else. The second story I want to highlight is about a guy named Jonah. Everybody say Jonah. Jonah. God wanted Jonah to go to this certain city called Nineveh to tell people about God. Now, if you know God, like that's, that's pretty standard about God. God wants people to tell more people about who God is, right? That's standard. But Jonah didn't want to. Jonah feared. Jonah was hesitant. He, he chose not to go. Jonah was disobedient. Now, if you've ever heard of Jonah, you've probably heard of Jonah and the whale, right? You've all, you probably have heard that, that Bible story, Jonah and the whale. Well, Jonah disobeyed, and Jonah found himself on a boat. He was running in the opposite direction. He, he didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. He, he decided to go in the opposite direction. He found himself on a boat, long story short, Jonah got thrown overboard and got swallowed up by a fish. He got swallowed up by a whale, whatever whatever you want to believe. Big fish, whale, doesn't matter. He, he got swallowed up by a big thing in the water. And he sat in the belly of a whale for three days. Now, if you ever have the unfortunate event of being swallowed by a whale in your life, I hope that never happens to you. But if, if you were to be swallowed, I would imagine that that would be a pretty big setback. You would probably not have anticipated in your life to be swallowed by an animal in the water, right? None of us would have that in our plan. But it's important to know that this this setback was self-inflicted. Jonah caused his own setback. Can I just tell you, the decisions that you make have the ability to set you forward or set you backward. That's good, and no one's talked to me. That's fine. Your decisions that you make, the people that you surround yourself with, the choices that you make, the things that you do, have the ability to set you forward or set you back. Listen, the devil doesn't always cause you to do it. Sometimes you make dumb decisions. Sorry. Real talk. We can cause our own Setback. If Jonah listened, everything would have been great. If Jonah said, okay, God, I will go and tell people about you, he would not have found himself in the stomach of a fish, but he didn't listen. But doesn't that happen to us sometimes? Not the whale part, but God may ask us to do something uncomfortable. God may ask us to do something that we're not sure we really want to do. We may get hesitant. We may question. My pastor at home says, delayed obedience is disobedience. If God tells you to go, go. If you say not yet, it's disobedience. Sometimes we may run and hide, but then we find ourselves in the middle of a pretty big setback. But here's the good news. God did not give up on Jonah. The whale spit out Jonah exactly where God wanted him to go, and then Jonah obeyed God. What's my point? You can write this down. God will never give up on you. No matter how poor of decisions you make, no matter how many times you look at pornography no matter how many times you sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend, no matter how many times you go to that stupid party that you know you shouldn't have done, no matter how many times you lie to your parents, no matter how many times you run away from God, can I tell you something this morning? God will never give up on you. That is good news, and you should be clapping for that. God will never give up on you. Listen, Some of you need to let that hit your heart this morning. God's not done with you. You can never run far away from God. God will always be right where you are, no matter in what season of your life, what setback you're going through, God will be there. Just because you were the cause of your setback does not mean that God's just going to give up on you. The last story I want to highlight the story of a guy named Joseph. Everybody say Joseph. Joseph was the son of Jacob, and uh, Joseph was uh, Jacob, Jacob's favorite. Now, anybody in here, the favorite child? Okay. I know. I know for a fact, for a fact that I am the favorite because I'm the youngest, and the youngest are the best. Any youngest sibling? Anybody on the youngest? Okay, my people. Hey, all, all the rules are broken when it comes to us, and we can just do whatever we want. It's awesome. Joseph was the favorite of Jacob, but his brothers didn't like him at all, because Joseph knew he was the favorite, and so he did things that he knew he could get away with, and his brothers didn't really like that too much. Joseph had these dreams, and and he would share with his brothers about these dreams, but each dream that he had that he shared was focused around his brothers bowing down to him. Can I just tell you something? Youngest siblings, if you have a dream where your siblings are serving you, don't share it with them. That's probably not a good idea. And Joseph said, hey, I have a dream. You were bowing down to me, and the brothers were like, oh, that's awesome. No, right? Like, So what they decided to do is they said, you know what? Yeah, I know he's the favorite, and he has these cool dreams. We need to get rid of him. So they sold him into slavery, and they told the father, Jacob, that he was killed. So imagine being the favorite son. You knew you were the favorite. You knew everything that you ever wanted would be given to you. You you knew it. You had these amazing dreams, these visionary dreams that, that put you higher than everybody else. And then all of a sudden, you're in shackles in slavery. That, that's a pretty big setback. He had an idea of, of who he was going to be, of what he wanted to do. And then all of a sudden, he found himself in a place that he didn't expect to be, shackled in slavery. So now he's a slave, and he's taken down to Egypt, where he's working for one of Pharaoh's officials named Potiphar. Potiphar liked him. Joseph was respected. Things were looking up. He was like he—he he was respected as a prisoner. He—he he, he thought, okay, I, I'm not where I want to be, but where I am right now, things are looking okay. They're not as bad as I thought they would be. Things are heading in the right direction. But then Potiphar's wife accused Joseph of trying to rape her, which wasn't true, and then he was thrown back in prison. So again, Joseph, this favorite son, visionary dreams finds himself in shackles in slavery. Then he gets taken out of that and he's, he's well-respected and, and he's now one of Potiphar's assistants and then Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape and now he's thrown back in jail and he's on this high and low, another setback, right? Imagine being Joseph, like what the heck? Like God, what is going on? Why, why am I experiencing all of these things? So while he is back in jail, he ends up having the opportunity to interpret dreams for Pharaoh. And he's doing such a good job that he's promoted to second in command. This is like vice president status. This is like Pharaoh Joseph because of his ability to interpret dreams. His brothers back in Egypt, were they, they were experiencing this famine. They, they were in need of food. There was a lack of food. So, so they come to Egypt, and they ask for, they ask for help, and sure enough, Joseph sees his brothers, and he tells them who he is, and then he says this. Ben, you can make your way back. Joseph, seeing his brothers, says this, Genesis 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God, everybody say, but God. But God intended it all for good. Catch this. He brought me to this position. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Imagine having this great life. You know you're destined for great things, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a place that you didn't want to be. You find yourself in this place you didn't expect. be Life was going great. You were headed in the right direction and all of a sudden life hits you hard and you find yourself in a place that you weren't expecting to be. How can you be grateful when you're in the middle of a storm? How can you be grateful when you're in the middle of this ash of your life, in this dirtiness of your life? You can be grateful And you can be comforted, because oftentimes you can write this down. Your setbacks are God's setups. Your setbacks are God's setups. Joseph said, you intended to harm me. You wanted to get rid of me. You wanted to hurt me. But God intended the pain that I'm experiencing God intended the harm that was on me God intended the rejection that was on my life God intended for all of these bad things He turned them into good He brought me to this position Can I just tell you something You might be in a position right now that you do not want to be in Your family life at home is not good You might be going through a divorce. with with Your parents might be going through a divorce. You might be in a separated home. You might be having some conflict with your family. You might be in the middle of an addiction. You might be in some relational issue. Can I tell you, God is bringing you to this position not to leave you there. God's not bringing you through this trial just to leave you there and to say, ha, suffer. No, God is bringing you through the hard times. God is walking with you through the hard times because he's going to make those good times because he knows that there are going to be people who are going to be saved and benefited from what you're currently going through. There are going to be people whose lives will be different because of what you're currently going through. Take comfort in the fact that the trial that you're facing, the hard time that you're going through, God is going to use it When life doesn't seem to be going the way that you want, trust that God is working behind the scenes. Trust that God is working behind the scenes. Listen, Joseph would not have become second in command if he wasn't in prison. He would have never been in prison if he wasn't accused of rape. He would have never been accused of rape if he wasn't a slave. He would never have been a slave unless he was sold into slavery by his brothers. Listen, God always makes good from what seems to be evil. God always brings good out of what seems to be evil. This is the picture. This is is beauty from ashes. God will turn. Whatever you're going through he will turn it for his glory check out Romans 8 28 if there's ever a scripture verse to memorize this would be it and we know I could stop right there and preach a sermon about that and we know sometimes it's easy to forget sometimes we can get lost in in our life that we forget who God is We forget what God can do. We we can forget that God is who he says he is. But we need to remember who God is. And we know that in all things, everybody say all things. Not in some things. Not just in the good things. Not just in the things that are going well. No, in all things, God works Stop right there. And we know, and we're confident, we understand that in all things, in every decision, in every life moment, that God works, whether we see him or not, whether we feel him or not, whether we recognize it or not, and we know that in all things, God works for the good, for the the good when you think your life is terrible, you need to know that in all things God is working for your good. God is working to bring you to a place of healing, of wholeness, of restoration. But listen, it's more than just your life, God is doing more in your life so you can reach more people. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to his purpose. God works for the good of those who love him. We can be thankful for our setbacks because God will always use what looks broken, ugly and messed up, ultimately turning something beautiful and good. God is a comforter. God is with us when life is hard. God is with us when life doesn't seem to be going the way that we want. And listen, God will never waste a hurt in your life. You hear that? God will never waste a hurt in your life. Whatever you're going through, God will use it. God wants to use it and he will bring, he will use it to bring people closer to him. Now I know you're not like Esther, Joseph, or Jonah and Maybe your setback is some bad news from a doctor. Maybe your setback is a struggle with anger. Maybe your setback is a learning disability. A struggle to make friends, your parents divorce. A fear that you just can't get past. A job that you got fired from or a class that you're struggling in. Maybe it's having to deal with rejection from a close friend giving into pornography. Maybe you think your age is a setback. Maybe you think you're too old, too young, or inexperienced to do what you feel called to do. We all have our setbacks. And listen, we will continue to have them. Remember, John 16, in this world, you will have setbacks. In this world, life is going to happen. But regardless of our setback, we need to, to learn how to be thankful in the middle of it. Because while we can't see it now, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose because our setback may help someone because God will never give up on us and because our setbacks are God's setups. Recently, my wife and I got to experience our own setback. Father's Day... 2017. It was a great day. We went to church. Dads were honored, and we had plans, you know, just celebrate fathers. We went to hang out with my parents and my dad and stuff. It was great. My wife gets a phone call from her mom saying that um, they went to the doctor. Uh, My father-in-law was having some pain um, in his side, and they, they went to go check it out, and They had done that a few weeks before and they went back to the doctor for the results of it and they found on Father's Day that my father-in-law had stage four pancreatic cancer. Day of celebration, day of honor of our dads and we get this news that my father-in-law has stage four pancreatic cancer. If you don't know anything about pancreatic cancer, it's the worst one. And stage four is there's nothing you can do. But we believed that God is who he says he is. And we believe that God is a healer. We believe that God is powerful. God is mighty. God can do anything he wants to do. And we believe that healing was going to happen. David, uh, my father-in-law, was not a Christian his whole life, gave his life to Jesus months before that. Praise God. And uh, we believe that this was going to be the defining moment for his life. We believe that he was going to see the hand of God on his life. We believed that healing was going to come and he was going to have a testimony that was going to rock the world. And he was, he was one of the very few that was healed from stage four pancreatic cancer. We believed it. We went up there. We anointed him with oil. We had communion together. We were encouraged. We were great. Thanksgiving morning of uh, 2017, he passes away. Father's Day diagnosed, Thanksgiving, the day of celebration, the day of get together with family, he passes. My wife and I, I believe, are pretty strong in our faith, right? We're... Student pastors at Freedom Church, and um, that sucked. That was, that, that was not a fun time. And even to this day, we still struggle with God, why? why, why? You know David's story, you know how you brought them to, he and, he and uh, my mother in law together. God, why? God, this doesn't make sense. You, you took away the, the very thing that brought this family closer together. God, you're a healer. You, you've healed other people. We've seen it. God, why? Why? And to this day, we're still wrestling with the why. But here's here's what we've learned. That no matter how hard life is, no matter the pain that we go through, God is still good. And it's taken us a while to truly believe that. We we had nowhere else to go but to Jesus for this. Alcohol could not comfort. Pornography could not comfort. Can I even tell you something? People couldn't even comfort. We didn't want to be around people. We didn't we didn't want to we didn't want to have to listen to their condolences. It was very sweet. It was very nice. We didn't want we didn't want that. We wanted David back. But there's nothing like being wrapped in the arms of your creator. And what we felt almost as if a parent to a child I know it hurts and it hurts me too I know it hurts and it hurts me too and we just felt in that moment that God is sovereign God is in control that God knows what he's doing and while we can't see it we know that God is making a difference through our pain in the life Of those around him, around us. And I wish I could tell you, I wish I could tell you that we have this amazing story of how God used his death and and hundreds were saved. We don't have that story. We're still living it. But I know that because of what he's gone through, because of what we've gone through, because of the loss of my father-in-law, we've been able to have conversations with my brother-in-law, with Rachel's sister and her brother about the grace of God that they had not heard we got to share with Rachel's stepbrother and stepsister about the loving mercy of Jesus what they've never heard before so while we're in the middle of this pain God is still being glorified God is still becoming known to people through the pain that we are facing And I'm here to tell you this morning that no matter what you're going through, no matter what pain you're facing, no matter what setback you're going through, God will use your pain and he will turn it into good. God will take the very ash of your life and he will make it beautiful. God will never give up on you. God has never left you. In fact, God is closer to you right now than he's ever been. God wants to meet with you right here, right now. Some of you, you've been running from God, you've been hurt, you've been, churches hurt you, leaders have hurt you, friends have hurt you, and you're running in the opposite direction. Can I tell you this morning, come home, come back. Like the prodigal son, God's, God's arms are wide open for you, waiting for you just to say, God, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. I've been going to other people for comfort. I've been going to other things. I've been making bad decisions, trying to fill a void. God, will you fill that void in my life? Can we all stand together? We're going to go into a worship song, and after the worship is over, you can go into your small groups. I just want to pray real quick as, as we worship that we can just, we can get real for a second and stop, stop focusing horizontally and start thinking vertically. What I mean by that is stop focusing on the people next to you and start focusing on on God and what he wants to do through you. So Jesus, in this moment, we honor you. We love you. We recognize that while life is not good, you are. We give you honor and praise in the middle of the storms that we're going through. God, would you do a work in us this morning? I pray, God, that we would leave this room differently than the way that we walked in, God, we trust you. God, life is hard. We don't understand your plan, but we know that your plans are good, so we trust you. We trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.